Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back. We're going to wrap it up. Close up shot for the NFL week four right now. We're going to be taking a look at a position by position, all the interest that I'm having. We're going to be going live as well on Sunday to kind of get those final thoughts as well and take a lot of people's questions. But for right now, in-depth, deep dive into the position by position players that I'm going to be targeting, reasons as to why. Maybe it's projections, maybe it's ownerships, maybe it's something, a little tidbit that I found in the 20 plus pages of game by game notes that are linked down below on Patreon. Whatever it might be, we're going to cover it. So thank you all for being here. Before we get into it. Take a second of your time. Like button for me one time. Big ol' subscribe button pops up on the screen. I appreciate that. If you listen on the podcast version, take two seconds of your time. Hit that like or follow or subscribe button. If you leave a review, five-star rating and review, you're entered into a raffle to win $50 Ruskies, where maybe you have a 10% chance of winning. Maybe you have a 50% chance of winning if only two people do it this week. So be sure to check that out. It's all linked up down below. And the sponsor yet again, as it has been every single Friday this year for our Friday videos, the final picks is going to be Jock Market. And if you're not familiar with Jock Market, Jock MKT is spelled, be sure to check it out because link down below right now it is where a daily fantasy sports meets a stock exchange you can get it in the apple store it is so close i got yesterday a bunch of o's on the so uh, from the jock market contact that i have so close to being out in the android store as well and as of me seeing yesterday it is now out in canada as well so if you're a canadian listener be sure to check that out jock market so what is jock market like i said a daily fantasy sports meets a stock exchange and what you're trying to hope for is to buy low and sell high like you would on stocks and it's a nice way if you don't know anything about stocks to kind of get a little bit involved with stocks through fantasy sports which you being watching this is something that I assume you want to do. So your goal on Jock Market is just to have the highest fantasy point scores. It's like every other contest except for this. You can try and buy low on those scores. And if they're going to finish maybe as the first overall score, now every single share of that player that you own and that you bid on, it's going to go up and up. Pretty much you want to just be identifying value and fantasy points based on what their price point is. It's very similar to some other formats we play like DraftKings. Where does the best budget play? But now it's in a stock market format where you can actually put real dollar bills, real dollar ruskies up for grabs. So check it out down below. It is in the Apple store today. It is Jock Market. It is spelled Jock and then MKT link down below. You can find the app and their website. So let's start this bad boy off with getting into some of the quarterbacks right now. And we can start off with Russell Wilson in another game with a 50 plus point total, which it seems like almost every single game this week, since offenses are getting away from the run more, playing with faster pace, and just saying, you know what, let's go for it on fourth downs a lot more than they ever have. You're getting a lot more points this year. Russell Wilson in this game, so far he ranks number one in fantasy points per game, number one in touchdowns with 14. I mean, he's currently the number two fantasy start ever in terms of overall quarterback points through three weeks. And also another man and Josh Allen is in the top three ever as well. So two guys having some historic seasons from a fantasy standpoint, you're going to have the passing game options here against Miami. You know, the stack spots are going to be DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And that's probably all I'm touching. It seems like Byron Jones, who missed last week, is going to be questionable this week with a groin injury, but also an offensive line for Seattle that has not been good in some time has a ton of injuries. So far, their center is going to be dealing with an ankle injury. Mike Cupani is dealing with a knee injury. Dwayne Brown, the left tackle is dealing with a knee. All are questionable for this game. Hopefully we get at least some of those pieces for Russ Wilson, but it doesn't seem like it matters after he's been pressured a ton through the first couple weeks and he's still been able to evade all of that in week three ended up seeing 315 yards five tutties no interceptions and he ran six times for 22 yards if you look up a statistic for Russell Wilson he's in the top five and honestly he's probably in the top three in it whether it's passing yards air yards yards per attempt at nine yards per attempt right now number one in true pass rating all that looks fantastic and now he gets Miami's defense to come to town which is arguably a bottom two or three secondary in the entire league and they're not getting much pressure Russell Wilson yes is a huge favorite there can be a concern that they run the ball looks like Chris Carson might be pretty good to go questionable with any injury but he seems like he avoided a major injury i'm gonna be getting to some russell wilson stacks for sure now getting to patrick mahomes like i I like this chiefs team and i like this chiefs game of course against the new england patriots it looks like a fun game another high point total in the 50s but it's really difficult to want to stack them overall like getting a lot of them because you're just spending a lot of money and then you have to pay down in other spots where we don't really seem to have as many value wide receivers this week as many value tight ends and nearly not as many value running backs this week with a lot of guys already priced up you're gonna be getting a positive 43 percent run blocking advantage though for patrick mahomes new england's defense right now ranks eighth 
in pass rush and ninth in coverage this season. So it's a good defense as well. So you're paying up uh, for obviously a fantastic quarterback who last week tore up a great defense. Right now, the Patriots allowing just 235 passing yards per game is borderline top five. But what you're getting out of Mahomes is what you know of, right? I don't have to go through the stats of him being top five in passing yards, completed air yards, pretty much top three in every passing category right now through the first three weeks. He's 7,400. He is relatively cheap himself. But when you're trying to pair him up with other options, maybe, maybe the way to go about this is snag a Kelsey, snag a Tyreek Hill, whatever you want to do from your, your stacking perspectives. I'm not too sure I really want to stack him with Clyde Edwards Lair yet. But maybe then you go down to a Demarcus Robinson. McCall Harmon is priced up. Demarcus Robinson seems like maybe the cheat code to unlock these Kansas City stacks with the upside. Maybe he's even in a three-player stack from your Kansas City Chiefs lineups. And then that's when we want to do it a game stack, run it back from somebody from New England. So I'm going to be going with Patrick Mahomes in stacks, of course. I want to be stacking all my quarterbacks. And maybe, maybe the way to unlock that in game stacks is Demarcus Robinson and some of those stacks at a cheaper price point. Next up is Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. So Dak Prescott this week, it seems like his entire team is going to be healthy. The Cowboys do not have a great pass blocking advantage, though. Uh, Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins, it seems like those guys are not going to be back for some time. We'll have to track that. And Cleveland's defensive line has been good. They're so far sixth in pass rush and 12th in coverage as well. So a pretty sound defense as they come in, opening up as four-point underdogs in this game. It's going to be closer than people expect. Right now, Cleveland's defensive line is overall fourth in pressure rates at a 33% clip. So that's good to see. Dak Prescott right now leads the league in attempts. So for volume-wise or fantasy, very good with 413. He's number one in passing yards, number one in completed air yards. He's pretty much just like the first two guys I talked about. He's like top three or top five in every single category you're going to be looking at. He's fifth overall in quarterbacks, according to Pro Football Focus, highest graded players. And the stacking options are limitless. I mean, you have Amari Cooper. All these guys are relatively going to be in fine spots. Denzel Ward has been dealing with some sort of an injury as well in the secondary. So that's going to only help this Cowboys team. But Amari, Gallup, and also CD Lamb out there just stacking options. It is worth noting that CD Lamb, when you're looking at stacks, did not play in the two minute drills on that last game. Not really sure if that's going to be something that continues or that they just felt more confident with Noah Brown and Cedric Wilson out there. But I like Amari. I like Gallup as the main stacking options. And of course, CD Lamb and also Dalton Schulter in my groups as of right now. Kyler Murray in this one at $7,000 is also still too cheap. He's been like the go to cash quarterback the last couple of weeks. Now he's getting a little bit expensive for cash, but I still think he's in play there. He has the 20th ranked pass blocking unit and he's facing Carolina's 16th ranked pressure. But this is where it gets really good. Overall, it's a number 24 offense. Yes, this team has been very good, but not that efficient. Number 24 overall, but Carolina is the 31st ranked defense. They rank dead last, 32nd versus the run, which yes, Kyler Murray is a mobile quarterback right now, leading the league in rushing yards so far, and they rank 22nd in coverage. So according to Pro Football Focus, it's a positive 34% pass blocking advantage for him. You're getting 38 attempts per game. He's right around average at seven yards per attempt so far this year. He's top 10 in accuracy, and on the ground, he has 26 attempts, 187 yards, and four touchdowns. The yards overall and the touchdowns on the ground lead all quarterbacks so far in the NFL through three weeks. You're getting 262 yards per game and top 10 air yards so far on the season for Kyler Murray. The clear stacking options. Hopkins, who keep an eye on him, has not practiced Wednesday and Thursday now. If he doesn't practice Friday, that's where things start to get a little bit murky. Hopkins, Christian Kirk coming back from injury. Then there's some other passing options. Maybe not as much upside on Larry Fitzgerald. Andy Isabel, if he can get more snaps, only played even though he found the end zone twice, only played in the 30s in the snaps last week as Keyshawn Johnson stepped in for Christian Kirk. Some more quarterbacks that we like as we hit the 6K range. Deshaun Watson, I think a lot of people are going to overown this whole entire team and maybe this whole entire game. I think it's still fine to get to Deshaun Watson. Maybe he's more of the cash game play this week and we kind of fade him in tournaments because he is going to be very highly owned. They have a 22% pass blocking this week against Minnesota, who does not have much of a pass rush, who ranks 23rd in pressure, 22nd in coverage. It's a 52 point total as they come in as favorites with pushing a 30 implied team total. This is the best spot that we've seen all year right now for Deshaun Watson. And he's actually going to have time and he's actually going to have open receivers downfield. He's top 10 in air yards per attempt looking downfield. He's eighth overall in yards per attempt. He's going to have nice stacking options as well, whether it's Brandon Cooks, whether it's Will Fuller, maybe you even want to put Randall Cobb in there. I would be putting him in those groups. 
Hughes. So it is a pretty nice spot. You have Minnesota's defensive backs all banged up last week. Looks like they're going to be banged up again. Mike Hughes, their slot cornerback, missed last week, questionable with the neck. You have Chris Boyd, a defensive back. He's going to be questionable with a hamstring. And then Dantzler is going to be questionable as well. So a bunch more defensive backs are banged up for a defense that is already not looking good in their secondary. Yes, Deshaun Watson looks like a very good option. I'm going to be running out my stacks later today, and I assume I'm going to be getting some. I have to see if I'm going to manually manipulate that to not get as much because this entire team is likely going to be uh, highly owned. It seems like Will Fuller might go a little bit under owned as people are concerned about the injury. So maybe that's one way to unlock sort of these uh, Deshaun Watson overall high owned stacks. I think that's an interesting way to go about it. I like Cam Newton this week, but I'm almost leaning on him as more of a cash option. If I don't go to Murray, if I don't go to Deshaun Watson, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do with cash because look, his passing game options for stacking wise, it's pretty clearly like 30% close to target shares for Julian Edelman and Nikhil Harry. So Nikhil Harry though, what do I know about his upside? He has a low A dot, low average depth of target. Julian Edelman relatively usually has a low average depth of target. They're not going downfield all that much. So that's the concern for me. Kansas City's defense ranks 15th in pass rush and 15th in coverage. So it is an improved defense all around. It's a sneaky, decent defense. So now you have Cam Newton's mobile upside, yes. But from a GPP perspective, the mobile upside, if he's not going to be contributing with his wide receivers, does not give you all that much upside. So maybe you just go with Cam Newton, Edelman stacks. The game stack would be Cam Newton, Nikhil Harry, and Edelman running back with anybody that you want in Kansas City, pretty much any option. I'm just concerned about the overall upside of all of those players because of the fact that they're not really moving downfield all that much. One nice piece of news is that defensive end Chris Jones is going to be questionable right now for the Chiefs. If he was to miss, that helps the Patriots a lot who are currently having Isaiah Wynn on their offensive line questionable as well. So those are some of the injury news that can impact Cam Newton. He leans more of a cash game play for me right now. If I was to get there, probably in my cash considerations among two or three quarterbacks right now. In tournaments, he's in play for sure, but I don't know how much Nikhil Harry and Julian Edelman I want to be leveraging this week. Uh, personally, myself, I don't know how much upside is that in there in those game stacks. And then you can see if you're watching on YouTube, all the other quarterbacks that I'm going to be liking this week and when it comes to stacks, whatever it might be. Lamar Jackson's expensive, really good matchup for him. Not sure how much I get there as well. I mean, pure upside points, sure, like in a GPP or in cash if you want to run him naked. Josh Allen, I like the other 7K guys a little bit more, but he's probably going to come in lower on because of that. He gets Vegas, who has been just bottom five and everything for defenses. Joe Burrow, Stafford, Minshew, Drew Brees, Justin Herbert is an interesting option, but it is a tougher matchup than expected, especially with the offensive line play of the Chargers battling some injuries. And the defensive line of Tampa Bay has been very good so far this year. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jared Goff, and Teddy Bridgewater. I'm actually gaining some interest in Teddy Bridgewater on the opposite side of this Arizona game. Their team total is pushing 25 points right now. You have the clear stacking options amongst three players if you want to. I'm not going to be putting Mike Davis in those groups yet. I don't care that he's seen eight and nine targets or back-to-back eight reception games. He's not going to give me all the upside with Teddy Bridgewater, in my opinion. I think your stacking options are DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Curtis Samuel in that order. And it does look like a pretty decent spot at just 5,600 for somebody right now who's pretty much like borderline top five in yards per attempt, top five in accuracy. Teddy Bridgewater has sneakily been very good. It's just the fact that this team overall is pretty bad, mainly because of their defense. Let's move now into the running backs positions where I think running back is going to be an interesting target this week for a lot of people. So starting up at the top, it's going to be some of the obvious names, right? I won't spend much time on these obvious names. You have Alvin Kamara. He has a plus 33% run blocking advantage. Detroit has been very, very bad. Detroit has allowed the third most rushing yards so far this year on just 72 opponent opportunities. So the people who have allowed the first and second most rushing yards have also allowed like 15 more attempts. So Detroit has been arguably the worst efficiency run defense so far. He's played just 67% of the snaps, but so far he's number one in targets. He's number one in running back receptions, number one in running back receiving yards, all amongst running backs. He's ran the fourth most routes on the season and a 30.4% target share as a running back. Obviously, Michael Thomas missing two weeks and likely trending towards playing with back-to-back limited practices on Wednesday and Thursday for MT, Michael Thomas. But either way, that's an insane target share of 30.4%. All the news and all this, the talk is about how Drew Brees can't throw downfield. So even if Michael Thomas returns, this is still going to be an elite spot for Alvin Kamara. So yes, $8,000 is well worth it in all formats, in my opinion. Ezekiel Elliott, I have interest there. So all the top end dudes this week, you're going to have interest in, in my opinion. You just can't ignore like a full-out fade of Ezekiel Elliott and these types of guys who are just getting insane, massive workloads. The run matchup against Cleveland is definitely not the best one for the Cowboys and Ezekiel Elliott, a minus 17 advantage, according to Pro Football Focus. Right now,
right now the Browns rank number nine overall in run defense and 11th in tackling. So it is a tough matchup, but how can I be against Ezekiel Elliott? Yes, last week he did not play well. 14 carries, 34 yards and a touchdown against what looks to be a very good and much improved Seattle run defense. I had my questions, but shutting down Ezekiel Elliott kind of tells me, okay, maybe this is a legit thing. But then he leads the team in targets with 12 targets. So he ends up still seeing 26 opportunities when these guys, even at $7,800, are going to be heavily involved in the red zone and heavily involved in the passing game as Ezekiel Elliott was, as Alvin Kamara was so far this year, really. It is hard to get away from. Ezekiel Elliott is the number one player in all running backs right now in routes run. He's number one in evaded tackles. He's second in goal line carries. He's getting all the money touches, quote unquote. The touches around the red zone, the touches in the receiving game and the opportunities in the receiving game. And then he's adding more overall usage and production on his own by evading tackles. It's hard to ignore that. I don't want to fade it even in a difficult matchup. He's just getting way too much usage and good usage that it's hard to ignore. Also worth pointing out, if you don't already know, Pittsburgh and Tennessee is off this week. So I have taken Derrick Henry. I've taken the quarterbacks out. If you've already noticed that, that is why that game is not playing if you have not heard so far this week. Next up is Dalvin Cook. We saw a low owned Dalvin Cook absolutely go off last week for really almost a career day. He just missed a 200 total yard game. He found the end zone, I believe, a couple of times in that one. So yeah, that one looked very good. Now he's another great matchup against this Houston front. So far, the Texans ranked 26 versus the run in 20th in tackling i.e. run up some Dalvin Cook, especially if he's going to be lower on than GPPs. Right now, Cook ranks third in rushing yards. He's third in total TDs. He's top five in evaded tackles, top five in breakaway runs. So this is very good. It would be nice to see him get more involved in the passing game. We have not really seen that all that much. We saw it towards the beginning of last year, and then it kind of wore off when he got hurt. Everything when it comes to the ground game, the red zone usage is looking very good right now. He still has an involvement in the passing game. It's just not to the same extent of you might actually get like a seven or eight target game out of Dalvin Cook. It's kind of like a four target game, and you take that out of him at this point. At 7,600, I do prefer Zeke. I do prefer Kamara, but Dalvin Cook is definitely play. Next up is Austin Eckler. A lot of people were selling Austin Eckler low, and a lot of people got to buy him low in your season-long fantasy leagues, but this is why you like Austin Eckler. This team in the Chargers, yes, Justin Herbert looks good, but the division that they play in, and overall, the expectations that you have for this team is not to be leading in a lot of games, or at least leading by a lot, which if they're leading by the lot, the running backs in Justin Jackson went healthy, and right now Joshua Kelly, the rookie, get that Melvin Gordon role of kind of getting 15 to 16, maybe plus carries. But Austin Eckler last week in a game they're trailing, sees 11 targets, catches all 11 of them. He has just looked absolutely fantastic in my opinion so far. He saw season-high snaps in usage in week three because they were playing from behind game script. In week three, he played 78% of the snaps. He had 23 opportunities, 11 of which were targets, which he brought all them in, 143 yards and a touchdown. I mean, the man went nuts over 30 plus PPR points and expect more of that if they're going to be trailing in games. Right now, he has seven red zone touches. He's averaging six yards per attempt and five yards per carry. So he's continuing to be this very efficient fantasy football player. It's just a matter of does he get the volume? And he's been continuously getting the volume so far. He's averaging 16 attempts per game and five targets per game. So over 20 attempts per game. Joshua Kelly, worth noting, still did see 10 touches, eight on the ground and two in the air. So he still was involved. It's just the fact that Austin Eckler is clearly the more efficient back and the player that is majorly going to benefit from playing from behind game scripts. Clyde Edwards Slayer is just way too cheap. Clyde Edwards Slayer has not been mega efficient so far this year. I mean, you saw last week he had 20 attempts for 64 yards on the ground, but he caught five passes for 70 yards in the air. So that really helped him out and bumped him up to getting almost a 19 fantasy point performance. In this offense, the touchdowns are going to come. He had the one touchdown week one. He has not scored since then, but he continues to get a ton of opportunities. The Patriots rank 25th versus the run right now, and the Chiefs have a positive 14% run blocking advantage. So expect the touchdowns to start to trickle in for this player who right now is eighth in red zone touches with 13. He is right now third in goal line carries with six. The touchdowns are coming in his Patrick Mahomes offense that just feeds touchdowns to every player, but mainly the running backs. Clyde Edwards Slayer at 6,400, one of the cheapest running backs in the slate, one of the most underpriced running backs in the slate is what I should say. So Kenyon Drake has burnt a lot of people, including myself, three straight weeks now. And it's concerning because he only has five targets on the year. Chase Edmonds is currently out targeting him. Now he's still running the routes and he's getting the carries on the ground, but Kyler Murray is also stealing the touchdowns. So when the back of running backs getting the targets, 
that's money touches, right? Receiving game. And you have right now the quarterback getting the overall red zone work and rushing touchdowns on the ground on ending these drives with those rushing touchdowns as the quarterback. Those are even more money touches. Everything is working against Kenyon Drake, but at least he's getting overall volume. He had 19 total touches for 79 yards last week. He's going to have a fine matchup this week as Carolina is dead last versus the run right now. He's getting a 72% opportunity share. So even though Kenyon Drake is running routes, he's not taking away a whole lot of production and a whole lot of volume. 18 carries per game so far for Kenyon Drake, just 1.7 targets per game. So the concern right now is that, yeah, he is not going to be seeing, as it seems, passing game work. And his quarterback is very willing to take off, especially also in the red zone. So that's a concern for Kenyon Drake. It's as good of a matchup as they come, but he also had that last week against Detroit and pretty much just got you like eight fantasy points. He looks like this week he might finally be a lower on GBP option because some other guys in some other games and a, de- and a decent cash option, but it is a concern that you're not getting a lot of production. At least you're getting the volume, but don't really count on those targets. Joe Mixon at 5,800. This is a nice pivot play for some of the higher owned players. Like we'll get to David Johnson in a second, Mike Davis to an extent. Look, Joe Mixon is right now a top two and basically number one because he has a larger sample, efficient running back in the league. So, I mean, the way you want to look at that is that he's kind of been right now the Austin Eckler of last year early on. The issue is that he's not getting the touchdowns. I'm getting so many questions. Should I trade away Joe Mixon? Yeah, trade him to me. Trade him to me in your season long leagues because right now you're going to get absolutely nothing for him. Yes, another week of below 50 yards. Yes, the offensive line is not great, but on his per touch basis, he has been very good. He has been very efficient. He continues to evade tackles. He continues to pick up yards after contact. The issue is he's not finding the end zone. If Joe Mixon had two touchdowns this year and all the usage that he's getting, he's getting 20 plus overall opportunities per game. Nobody would be asking anything if he had 12 or 15 more points from his touchdowns. Now, the Jaguars very sneakily look pretty decent against runs, seventh in run defense and fourth in tackling. This is a defense that was supposed to be absolutely brutal. And so far through three games, maybe it's a small sample. Maybe it's having some easier matchups against teams like Miami, but so far they look pretty decent. He has not yet scored this year, but he's fifth in routes run and top 10 in evaded tackles, like I was mentioning. So I do like Joe Mixon yet again as a low owned option in GBPs. And yes, start him in your season long leagues. And then if he has a huge week, then trade him. Don't trade him at his bottom price point. Mike Davis had a very good game last week after having like a very good fourth quarter of the week before that. And his first week as a starter, he led the running backs on that team with 39 of the 41 snaps. Curtis Samuel also saw some work in the backfield as well. So far this year, Arizona has allowed just 13 receptions to running backs, which is not that much. 202 yards and two touchdowns, a little bit above average. Mike Davis last week saw 82% of the snaps in his first week as a starter, 21 total touches and 91 yards and a touchdown. On those 21 total touches, he ended up seeing, I believe, eight receptions on nine targets. He now has 17 targets on 38 routes run in two weeks. That is a 45% target rate on your routes run. That's way too high. That's going to regress. Don't expect eight targets out of Mike Davis. It was nice to see the carries out of him, right? If he sees 12 carries and five targets, that's pretty good usage still. But the price point is coming up and it's already come up a decent amount now to the high five carry range. I would not be shocked to see three or four targets right now for Mike Davis. And that ruins a lot of the upside and appeal. So if he's going to come in with higher ownership, it's an okay pivot for me. And somebody who's definitely going to come in with higher ownership is David Johnson. Looks like a pretty uh, slam dunk, easy cash play at $5,600. Minnesota ranks 31st versus the run right now. He's getting opportunity in the passing game, which is keeping him alive in any formats, even bad matchups like you saw last week. The issue is that he's probably going to be the highest owned player on the slate. And there's a lot of pivot options around him, like Joe Mixon, who has similar upside to an extent, like some of these guys like Kenny Drake, who are going to be lower owned. There's other guys like Daryl Henderson, because it looks like Cam Akers is not going to play. So there's all these other guys who look lower owned or really low owned in general compared to a guy in David Johnson. I just don't have to play it when there's viable pivot options. Yes, David Johnson projects out nicely, but so does Joe Mixon and Kenny Drake in the exact same price range. So does Darrell Henderson, who had a nice week last week. And now again, doesn't seem like there's going to be much Cam Akers. The nice thing to see for David Johnson and the reason you want to play him in cash is he's kind of game flow independent. Last week, he ended up showing that by kind of catching in a couple of receptions, finding the end zone, but he's number two in routes run only behind Ezekiel Elliott for running backs. He's eighth in breakaway runs and he's sixth in yards per reception right now. So his passing game involvement has been relatively elite, something I wasn't expecting from him on the Houston Texans. So I do think he's in play for cash. Yes, you can play him in tournaments if you really want to, but if he's going to be in a third of the people's lineups, there are viable pivot options in my opinion. So fair price points and probably lower ownership for guys like Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, uh, guys who are a little bit expensive that you can pay up for to be contrarian or guys like James Robinson, not that high in him, but if you're going to be getting 20 overall touches or opportunities at 
6,500 in a good matchup and people don't want to own him because he's James Robinson. I think it's still a decent spot to go to. You have to keep an eye on some of these guys down here. Like Daryl Henderson, I'll have a lot of interest in against the Giants. I think it is a relatively and sneaky tough matchup, but K-Makers are saying it's trending towards out. I think that makes Henderson more in play at 5,800 and low ownership. Again, a pivot potentially off of David Johnson. Chris Carson, knee injury is going to be questionable. Does not look like it was severe. Matchup against Miami. If he is going to be 100% healthy at 6,300 is a fine one. And then some cheaper options. Antonio Gibson, brutal spot at 4,500. The snaps went from like being in the 60s to back down to the 40s last week. So it's kind of all over the place right now, but he's at least seen at least 11 opportunities in each and every game, averaging 13 overall touches per game so far. Other guys down there, Adrian Peterson, I'm probably not going to play, but at least worth pointing out that it seems like he has the full control over this backfield with DeAndre Swift only getting five snaps last week. Miles Gaskin had a huge week, 27 touches, but he didn't really do much with them. He ended up seeing 27 touches for 95 yards. He did have five receptions. Seattle currently ranks number one in run defense. Probably not playing $5,000 Miles Gaskin personally, but I know people out there have been asking a lot of questions about him. I don't think he's a good running back. I I think he's behind a terrible offensive line, and now he has a pretty tough matchup. Let's move into the wide receivers now where I'll touch on all of my yeses, and then there's going to be a lot of maybes because I stack players. So if I'm going to be stacking, let's say, eight to 12 quarterbacks, I'm probably going to have a couple of their wide receivers in there, a couple one-off options. So you can see I have a lot of wide receivers in here. I mean, the wide receivers, I get people commenting every week. Uh, Don't you think you have too many wide receivers? You have all of them right now. Yeah, like 40 wide receivers in a player pool is maybe a little bit much. I'll probably get it down to like 35, but I don't even think that that's too much. Again, if you're playing 150 lineups and you're playing 20 maxes, you're probably going to have a lot of different stacks in there. If you want to compress your stacks like four or five teams, that's fine. And that's a way to kind of go hit or miss. Um, But I probably won't be doing that. I'll be sticking to this. DeAndre Hopkins, keep an eye on his injury news. He's just the obvious option right now. He's currently number one in receiving yards, number one in receptions. He has like a 36% target share, which is number two in the league. He's just been an absolute monster. I'll continue to play DeAndre Hopkins, continue to try and prioritize him. The fact that he's more expensive now, 8,500 makes it more difficult and something that I probably get away from in terms of my ownership towards him. But if you find some cheap values and you can try and get him in cash, he seems like a slam dunk cash play each and every week. It just comes down to the price point fitting and it seems tougher this week. Another reason why it's tougher is because Michael Thomas, I have him in yellow on YouTube, but because right now Michael Thomas has been practicing limited. And if Michael Thomas is going to go out there and be healthy, there's not much better spots than Michael Thomas who's 7,600. We're used to paying $9,000 for Michael Thomas and usually I wouldn't pay there, but he practiced Wednesday. He practiced Thursday. He's trending towards playing. He has the number one matchup potentially on the week against the rookie Jeff Okuda, who's currently PFF's dead last cornerback right now. He's only played in two games. It's a small sample, but dead last so far. Expect eight plus targets here. If Michael Thomas is healthy, expect maybe even 10 plus targets. Drew Brees is going to love to have him back. Michael Thomas, if he is indeed healthy, it makes him risky for cash because we don't really know, but I really like him uh, in tournaments, even if you're just going to be doing him as a one-off, not in the stacks with the Saints. Lockett and Metcalf, not a lot to say about these guys. You know the target share that you're going to be getting out of Tyler Lockett. It's going to be a good one. Right now, the target share for Tyler Lockett has been pretty insane, a 30% target share and a 31% red zone target share. He's second in fantasy points per game amongst wide receivers right now. Last week, he goes for nine, 103 touchdowns on 13 targets after averaging eight targets per week coming into the week. Still looks really good. Now gets a Miami matchup where he'll probably get Jamal Perry for a decent amount of the time in the slot. That's a huge advantage for Tyler Lockett. He's the guy that I would target out of all the Seattle receivers, mainly just between him and DK Metcalf, but both look good. $6,800 Metcalf. Again, I do prefer Lockett. Metcalf will probably see some Xavier and Howard, which for me, based on the size mismatch, is going to be kind of a neutral spot. Metcalf should have had two touchdowns last week when he dropped the one and got punched down on the one yard line, showboating a little bit. Four catches, 110 yards, and a touchdown on eight targets. He's been pretty much seeing like seven and a half targets on average per week. Seven, seven, and eight is what you're getting out of Metcalf. He's top five in everything right now downfield. Deep targets, air yards, air yard market share per team. So he's pretty much Russell Wilson's deep target, and Russell Wilson is probably throwing the best deep ball in the league right now based on the accuracy on it. So they're both in play. I prefer Lockett. Allen Robinson had a huge week last week. He broke out in the second half of the game. We were screaming it from the mountaintops. If this guy's going to continue to have deep targets and air yards and all this stuff, Allen Robinson is going to break out. Now he has the number one defense he's going up against. The Colts are currently the number one defense in the NFL. The number one secondary in the NFL, a defense that for two and a half years now plays everything in front of them. It is a concern. He's $6,700, probably only playing him in GPPs. Nick Foles was not good last week, but he somehow let a three touchdown comeback. Uh, it was pretty insane. His yards per attempt was bad. His accuracy was almost 50%, not good. Every 
everything from Nick Foles was bad and he somehow ended up getting it done. So don't be kind of confused and tricked that Nick Foles is going to be like this superstar savior for the, the Bears, especially in this matchup. So I'm going to make Allen Robinson a maybe as I talk through this because look, he was eyeing down Allen Robinson and Jimmy Graham in that second half, Nick Foles, but it is a concerning spot and maybe kind of a, a sneaky spot to get away from if there's going to be ownership there. Keenan Allen is somebody that I don't want to get away from. Keenan Allen is somebody that I think has all the upside in the world and you continue to see this weekend and really year in and year out as he's underrated. He's played 99% of the snaps this year. About 40% of those are out of the slot right now. He's averaging 12.3 targets per game. That's number one in the NFL. That's more than Hopkins, who's just blowing up right now. A 34% target share is number three in the NFL. He's top 10 in air yards, red zone targets, receptions, yards, all this stuff. And Justin Herbert does look confident and he's looking his way nonstop. What? Sleeper registered as at 19 targets last week. Some spots that said 17 targets. Keenan Allen at $6,500. Probably a very good cash consideration and a strong matchup this week against Tampa Bay. As we go down, Kenny Galladay is going to find himself in a tougher matchup against Marshawn Lattimore, but Kenny Galladay has a pretty nice size advantage. So it doesn't make Marshawn Lattimore as physical off the line of scrimmage. Marshawn Lattimore likes to play physical on the line of scrimmage with smaller receivers, but Kenny Galladay has 21 pounds and four inches as of last measurements on him. In his week three debut, he had 83% of the snaps, saw a 23% target share, which was seven targets on 28 routes, six catches, 57 yards and a touchdown. He's still in play for me because he's just $6,000. I think the matchup is difficult, but I don't think it will be as difficult because of the size advantage that Kenny Galladay possesses. Will Fuller this week is likely going to be maybe lower on because of his hamstring injury right now. He's going to be a little bit questionable. Chris Boyd is also going to be questionable against him if that's who he's going to be playing. So I do think Will Fuller looks pretty nice this week. He's had four catches for 54 yards and a touchdown last week on five targets. He looked to be fine after having issues week two with his overall hamstring. So he looks good. He looks healthy. He's in a nice spot and 18.5% target share so far on the season. I'm going to be getting some Will Fuller at 5,900 in a very, very good matchup against a banged up Minnesota secondary. He's a nice option. If he does stay loaned, I don't know if he really will, but if he does stay loaned, looks like one of the better GBP plays on the weekend. Somebody who can absolutely just win and ship you GBPs on his own, honestly, with the type of performance that he can put out there if he stays healthy. Devontae Parker looks like one of the best season long starts this week. If you, if you have like any question marks, he's going to be facing Shaq Griffin. It's going to be a positive advantage. Shaq Griffin is also questionable with the shoulder injury. Either way, he'll be playing banged up in this one. The matchup for Parker just looks so good. Like the Seattle secondary has been terrible. Last week when he was banged up, right? In week three on Thursday Night Football, he now has 10 days to recover from that. He was playing, he said at like 60%. He had five catches on five targets for 69 yards. So a pretty decent performance of like 12 fantasy points, even though he was like 60% healthy. Right now he's number one in contested catch rate, bringing in all four of his contested catches. And he's overall a top 20 wide receiver in PFF. I think that this matchup for him is going to be very good. I think that if you're talking about GBPs, like a Ryan Fitzpatrick stack with Devontae Parker, maybe a Mike Gusecki who was going to be operating as a slot wide receiver. And right now the Seattle team is dead last in slot coverage. Then run it back with a Lockett and or a Metcalf. That looks very sneaky in my opinion. I like Devontae Parker's upside a lot this week. Julian Edelman, if you're going to be playing Cam Newton, I think that he's your best stacking option with Cam Newton. Right now, Julian Edelman grades out for me is very good. I have my projections and rankings and everything linked down below on Patreon. You can check them out. I'll give you a little bit of a peek behind the curtain for Julian Edelman's projection. I currently have Julian Edelman projected for 15.8 fantasy points, which on this DraftKings slate makes him like a top five wide receiver value play. It actually makes him a top four wide receiver value play for me this week. Julian Edelman, he does look very good. Having projected out to see a pretty healthy target share of around 28% so far this week. Last week was not good. Just six targets, two catches, 23 yards. Overall, that offense kind of relied on the ground game and the rushing game. They didn't get much out of the passing game for him. So I do like it. He's averaged a 26.7% target share on the season and a 53% air yards market share is number one in the NFL for team share of air yards. A couple other players here. This one's probably going to be the most obvious play of the week for a lot of people. DJ Moore, you just played DJ Moore this week. He's by far my number one wide receiver play. He has over a 3x value rating for me, the only wide receiver to have that, maybe even the only player this week. I haven't projected for 17 and a half points. He's just $5,600 versus Arizona. And if I filter this by my projections for wide receivers, he's my fourth highest projected wide receiver at just 5,600. He's nowhere near the fourth highest price one, right? In my opinion, he's about 
1200 to $1,500 too cheap this week. Yes, he had one bad week last week, right? But what about the week before that when he sees 13 targets? So everybody's jumping off of him. Buy low in your season-long leagues. Buy low on DraftKings. He's going to be insanely highly owned in tournaments. Just throw him into your cash game lineup and then to decide if you want to fade him in tournaments or not because there are pivot options. But in my opinion, there's not a lot of good same price point pivot options. For GBP, sure, like from a projection standpoint for ceilings, you can find some, but he's going to be in just too good of a spot to really want to ignore it when it comes to your cash game lineups. He'll likely see Patrick Peterson. A lot of people think Patrick Peterson is still elite. No, I think this is a positive matchup in my opinion for DJ Moore. Go ahead and get yourself some DJ Moore. I think Nikhil Harry is the other yes option just because he's cheap. Like this is the lowest price point at $4,000 that I feel comfortable maybe considering somebody in cash. I don't want to be playing Nikhil Harry in cash. So don't like say that that's what I'm trying to do here because last week he only went for two catches for 34 yards and four targets. He had one rush attempt for two yards, right? The issue is that he has a very good target share so far this season. The only reason that I put him as a yes is because he's cheap when it comes to GPPs. And I think he's probably going to see five or six targets at $4,000 flat. There's not a lot of guys this week down there in that price range for cash. I probably stay away from it from a GPP perspective though. He is the cheapest that I kind of want to go towards with any type of volume of maybe like 10 plus percent ownership. A lot of other wide receivers that we can break down and talk about. I mean, I have a literally a huge list if you're watching on the YouTube channel right now that I can scroll through here. A lot that look interesting. All the Dallas guys, of course, look interesting. Didn't put any of them as yeses, but Amari, Gallup, CeeDee Lamb have interest in all of them. I would rank it this week, Amari, Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb in that order. Still of interest in Terry McLaurin. Still of interest in some of the other Carolina options. If you wanted to stack Teddy Bridgewater, we're not just DJ Moore, but Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel. I like both of them. The rookie Justin Jefferson breaks out last week. I'm going to be a little bit hesitant to go back to him this week as the price and ownership spikes a little bit, but nothing too crazy to stay away from. Lots of options down here. Hunter Renfro may be a sneaky cash game option at 4,600. Ryan Edwards is already ruled out. Henry Ruggs does not look like he's going to be playing. And then it's just Zay Jones and Nelson Aguilar on the outside. He could be a sneaky cash game consideration. You're not getting a lot of upside there, but if you get seven or eight targets at $4,600, it is definitely in play. Demarcus Robinson is somebody that I think is a very sneaky option this week if you want to be doing Kansas City stacks to just try and get some salary relief, right? If you're going to be playing Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill, that's a lot of salary. And if you want to be running it back with somebody on the other side, maybe like an Edelman who's not really that cheap, maybe your option instead of playing to kill Harry on the run back is to give yourself Demarcus Robinson and open yourself up to more Chiefs exposure, but you get it at a cheap price point. So there's some other options. Some of the guys, other guys in here, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, they're both in play for me. I don't really want to get to a lot of Rams stacks, but I think they're both as decent one-off options as you can find. Let's now move into the tight ends. And as we move into the tight ends, I'll call it yet again, Jock Market. Link down below the app that is making daily fantasy sports clashing with a stock exchange. They just started their NBA contest for the NBA finals uh, for game one. I've been playing their NFL contest. I want to play the NBA ones. I missed the first night, but it's a lot of fun. It's in the app store. Link down below is their website and also their app. It just released in Canada as well. And the Android app is so close as I'm told. So check it out. You want to buy low and you want to sell high. So pretty much you want to bid low on players that you think have a lot of upside. You get them at their low price points. Their upside shows out because you're good at fantasy. You watch these videos and bam, you just made return on your investment dollar ruski. So check it out linked down below. So tight ends this week. I think it's a pretty tight player pool in my opinion. Travis Kelsey up top. There's not much to say about him. Top dollar. If you want to get all the way up to Kelsey in your stacks, whatever you want to do. I don't think you have to, if you're playing cash, I'm probably not getting there, but he's going to have a matchup against Adrian Phillips, who Adrian Phillips, the former charger, now the New England Patriot. This is a fine matchup for Travis Kelsey when it comes to size mismatch. I think he's fine right now. He's second in targets amongst tight end with 27. He's number one in receptions, number one in receiving yards, number one in fantasy points per game. He's still a very good tight end in a year that so far seems like tight ends are really disappointing. On the bottom end, they're kind of outdoing expectations because they were all cheap in your drafts. But on the top end, guys like Mark Andrews, George Kittle being hurt, Evan Ingram, all these type of guys not doing too much for people. I think it's time to run right back to Darren Waller this week. He's my second highest projected tight end. He's very close to being my highest projected tight end, but he's a lot cheaper, right? He's $1,600 cheaper than Kelsey. So Darren Waller is going to be in a good spot. A huge positive advantage in this matchup in the middle of the field where Buffalo has just been leaking points. I mean, 
just look at Mike Kosecki a couple weeks ago, two tight ends. They have nobody out there that's really able to defend these athletic tight ends. And I think with no Henry Ruggs likely happening, with no Brian Edwards, it's going to be the Darren Waller show in the middle of the field for Derek Carr. Waller currently ranks first for tight ends in target share with 30%, first in targets with 28 ahead of Kelsey, number four in air yard target share with 25%, lots of other things he's top five in. He looks like maybe the best tight end option on the entire week so far. There's a couple other guys I like, but he might be the best bang for your buck at 5,200. Hunter Henry is just continuously getting usage at $4,600, 84% of the snaps. He's top five in routes run this year. He's seen 22% target share, which is very good to see. 69 yards per game, number two in the NFL is very nice. 16 catches for 206 yards as well. He's top three overall in a lot of categories for tight ends. He's in play yet again as Justin Herbert just looks to be that dude. But the guy that might be a very sneaky option this week and stacks that I really want to be kind of experimenting with is this Miami stacks with Devontae Parker that I talked about, but then also Mike Gusecki. This is the thing that's interesting with Gusecki. He's basically a slot wide receiver. He's third in slot snaps for tight ends with 78 so far this year. He's seventh in target share with a 20% target share and a 50% red zone target share. When they get down close to the end zone, they're pretty much targeting Mike Gusecki. Half time right now is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick looks good. They're going to be playing from behind against a really bad secondary that right now is by far, by far. There's a huge gap between the second worst and the worst slot coverage cornerbacks in the league right now. And Mike Gusecki is going to get a lot of that player so far this week. So Mike Gusecki at $5,100. I do prefer Darren Waller, but if you're playing stacks, the Ryan Fitzpatrick Gusecki plus Devontae Parker stack and running back with somebody on Seattle or a couple guys in Seattle looks very sneaky for the tournament winning, maybe GPP Millie maker Dalruski winning upside this week. Some other tight ends, you're just getting a cheap Evan Ingram. It is concerning, right? You're getting only a 16% target share. This offense looks absolutely decimated. Middle of the field is still there for him. He's a cheap price point. He can be a little bit lower owned. So I do think he's in play. Other names worth mentioning, Mark Andrews at $6,000 flat. I'd rather play Waller. I'd rather play Henry and Gasecki at this point, but he's still obviously in play for a top five usage tight end so far through three weeks. Some cheaper options is Dalton Schultz at $4,300. It's a fair price point, but you're only getting a 10% target share. The only reason why he looks half decent and he had that one big game is because Dak's throwing like 50 times a game right now. Once Dak only throws 40 times a game, he's going to get like three targets and it's not going to look good. But I don't know when that's actually going to happen because it seems like he's going to have to throw 40 plus times a game because his defense is banged up and just bad in general. Two 3K options for you is going to be Jimmy Graham, who had eight second half targets last week from Nick Foles, finished with four catches, 47 yards and two touchdowns. He has actually looked pretty damn good so far this year. What you're getting out of him is seventh in routes run and 16% target share. He's had 10 catches, 103 yards and three touchdowns on the season and seven red zone targets leads all tight ends. So I think he's in play. I probably don't want to get there because I think it was just one fluky second half where his quarterback relied on his tight end a lot, but he's at least worth mentioning that he is in play. And then lastly, Logan Thomas has just been seeing target after target after target. The elite usage of Logan Thomas has been fantastic. He just has a bad quarterback and has a brutal matchup versus Chuck Clark in the middle of the field versus Baltimore. So 89% of the snaps, he's had hundred percent route participation. He's basically a slot wide receiver right now. 56% of the slot snaps, 24% target share is elite usage for a tight end who so far on the season has caught 12 passes for 94 yards and a touchdown. I think he's still in play. His price point should right now be like 4,400, 4,500 based on the usage he's getting. He's still too cheap. The matchup is brutal, but at 3,500, yes, he's still in play for me. So that's where I'm at right now. Those are the position by position breakdowns for your week four final picks video sponsored by jock market check them out link down below please before you go hit that like button for me one time the big old subscribe button pops up i do appreciate that i do have projections tools rankings a bunch of stuff 20 plus pages 26 pages exactly i'm looking at it of game by games notes i'm looking at my values and my models on my other screen as well all this is linked down below on patreon showdown content a closing thoughts podcast will release this weekend talking about my exposures about 40 minutes 45 minutes to an hour about the stacks i'm using about some of the gpp strategies and rules and all that type of stuff that i'm trying to implement into my optimizers a lot of stuff that will help you 
strategy-wise. Also, think about the game more, not just picks. That's not going to really help anybody all that much. It's basically the theory and the game theory behind it and how to kind of strategize yourself to set yourself up to take advantage of when the luck, right, the variance comes in your favor. So check all that out. It's linked down below on Patreon. You can sign up if you have any questions, just drop them down below or reach out to me on Twitter at DFS, where the rest of my content schedule for this week and what I've already released is already out. So please do before you go, like button, subscribe button. We're very close to 30,000 subscribers. Maybe we can get there this week with a little bit of push from all of you. Appreciate you in advance and I'll see you in the next one.